Welcome back to another episode of the Facts and Furious, where we are ready to mirror, signal and maneuver into a rundown of the latest and greatest automotive news, accompanied by our often furious take from the Petrohead's perspective. Your two hosts are myself, Hetesh, and also James. In today's podcast, we will be covering, is Tesla about to close its order books? The brand new Range Rover Sport? BMW's plans to move the next generation 3 series to a fully electric platform? and look at how many mileage cars, uh, sorry, how many high mileage cars are on UK roads. Then to round off the show, we will have a look at our mystery car of the week as picked by James. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, uh, but there's a hint to get us started. Oh, I didn't have a hint in the video. That's a mystery hint. I've just missed invisible ink. Uh, I tell you what, I will just look up uh, the mystery car hint because i wrote it in a place the problem i have with the mystery hint because i know you'll see the mystery hint in the notes before the podcast i don't trust you i think you're gonna cheat so i don't i don't want to put it in <laughs> a little bit of googling doesn't help <laughs> sorry it doesn't help <laughs> I, I, exactly i thought because if you if you googled my hint i think you'd find the car um so you ready right, for the hint okay i am ready I, th- I think you should go for it james so some regard this car as the best handling front wheel drive car ever Oh, I'm thinking Civic. Okay, you'd be wrong, but keep thinking it. <laughs> cool, right? <laughs> uh, but and... no, I mean, to be fair, some people might regard that, but this is, as far as I'm aware, if it, there are two cars which spring to mind when... Um... We're thinking of front-wheel drive, great handling. Yeah, although there are lots of great handling front-wheel drive cars, I think this is... Uh, when I say some people, I'm meaning... Uh, automotive journalists uh, rather than like Dave in the pub he says it it must be true <laughs> right I was going to say I feel like that's what everyone with a Civic has said so that's why I'm, I, the first thing that pops into my mind is a Civic ah right but okay. I'm looking forward to the other clues that cool later on um, yep and after that we'll then move on to uh, well before ending our show we will actually cover some incredibly non-specific any other business as well love it now, Hatesh, before we dive into the news, yes. I did have one question to ask you. Yes. Have you entered this month's Auto Trader free electric car giveaway? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, was it this month that they had a, a motorbike on there as well? Yeah, I think no. it is this month. I'm not entirely yeah. sure what I'd do if I won the electric bike, but uh, give it to me. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> would you use it? Uh, yeah, I would. It won't annoy my neighbours. They're supposed to be incredibly talky. I can't remember exactly what bike it was on there. Just but... jabbering on in your ear all the time. Your neighbours, or your <laughs> yeah, my neighbours. <laughs> talky, the talky. Never... <laughs> <laughs> the bikes have never been loud. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a question. Actually, are you more willing to switch to an electric bike than you are an electric car? And actually, to be fair, it's a bit of context. I know you're prepared to switch to an electric car. Yeah. If it's a Taycan. <laughs> yes, 100%. I've, oh, this, this week has been terrible for it. I've, I've, a, a colleague told me about a way to afford a Taycan. And I've just in, been... In inverted commas. It's so much money. Uh, I you wish don't I could. get back. Yeah, yeah. If you I, want, you could just pay me that money and I'll just drive you everywhere. <laughs> it would plan. be a very smart car. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so... But yeah, so would would you pick? Are you more open to an electric bike over an electric car? 
Uh, no, only reason for electric bikes is I've heard that they're incredibly talky. And I think that's... And I've, see, I guess we've all grown up with the local hooligans around the... Hooligans or yobos <laughs> in the local area that would be, you know, revving their dirt bikes and then flying around corners and that sort of stuff. They've all moved to electric. <laughs> yep, that, you've, you've heard it. Um, they've all moved to electric bikes in my area, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Oh. Um, so whenever I, well, not whenever I leave the house, but often enough, whenever I leave the house. <laughs> Every time I leave the house, I first trip over the badger, then I see an electric bike. Yes. Um, Did you? Um, since you mentioned badges last week, I've, I've been having such a keen eye out, just waiting to. I just, I, I can't get believe that I've never seen one alive and one just plods along your drive. Oh yeah, visit mine. But I mean, again, actually, because you're probably, well, you're in a tiny little village in the middle of the countryside, so. In the middle of the countryside. <laughs> I'm not going to say the middle. We've of just them. got dial up. <laughs> You've not got gas. <laughs> no, it's because we care about the environment. Uh, that's um, that's it. Why well, we all burn our logs. Um, <laughs> uh, but sorry, I mowed you down. So all the when the people when you leave your house. Yeah, sorry. So going back to the uh, the yobos. Mm -hmm. um, is is that pure yobai or is it uh, is it yobos? I believe it's yobos. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the local yobos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a, there's two or three of them. But uh, I have seen them often riding their electric motorbikes, uh, actually over some, well, the park fields, uh, the local streets. Just you know, it doesn't doesn't matter what side of the road they're on. They're they're on both sides. Oh, uh, seems safe. Yeah, seems safe. Oh, as always. Uh, but you know, you have to do those things if you want to be a yabo. That's true, and I mean, you, you've probably got to stand on street corners as well every now and then, terrorizing old people. Yeah. Uh, and your least... helmet has to balance on your head, You're not on it. Oh it's yes, just you don't to... take it off, do you? <laughs> no, it's that's, partly off. <laughs> that, that's, that's just in case you have to drop it down and nut someone. That's actually, <laughs> it's sensible if you think about it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dangerous lifestyle. <laughs> is, is that the way to put it? <laughs> yeah, the average life expectancy of a Yobbo is 16 and a half years old. Yeah, but let's not dwell on them for too long. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should get them a daytime TV advert in black and white. Oh, we feature one now. on our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. We should probably. I tell you what. Let's move on to some news. Moving on to our first piece of news is that Tesla could stop taking orders um, over some supply chain woes. Done. 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 Duh. I, was, I felt like it was going to be a bit more sinister than that, but no. <laughs> that was my most sinister noise. Was it? Okay, right. I'll take that. What's your most sinister noise? It, it was a bit quicker than that one. <laughs> Come, on, Come on, get duh, out. Duh, duh. Way too high pitched. You sound that sounds like some kind of everybody loves excited. Raymond transition. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Tesla, so maybe that's why that excitement's coming. It's not excitement, but maybe that's why it's coming through. But um, early this month, uh, well, sorry, early this week, uh, both Tesla and Toyota uh, sounded the alarm. So it wasn't just Tesla um, over some supply chain issues that they are experiencing due to shortages and the soaring prices out 
we've probably experienced. Um, question for you, Tesh. Based on your knowledge of this this story, would you say that this has come as a surprise? <laughs> oh no, James! <laughs> Comedy dynamite. We, we've not even got into the first bullet point. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Back back to the task at hand. Important <laughs> stuff: supply chain issues, global global problems. Yes, so it, so it's not just Tesla. There are other manufacturers out there, such as Toyota. Um, and Toyota's, I guess, been a bit more upfront around how it's going to impact their shareholders. Uh, and they've actually reported that the company's profits will be hit uh, due to the increase in material costs uh, with a forecast of approximately a 21% drop in their profits for this year, uh, which is fairly significant. And all fairly of this... Significant. I give you a hundred quid and said, "Give me twenty-one pounds back." <laughs> I know for a fact you'd complain. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, that's significant. I mean, yeah. recently this. I mean, this morning I was looking at my crypto shares, and they don't seem to be doing too well either. So, uh, was that seems... a low-key flex for me? That I was just checking my crypto. Well, shares. I mean, I've only got forty pounds on <laughs> forty million. <laughs> I stuck in forty pounds just so I could say I've got crypto. <laughs> it's only forty pounds, <laughs> and it's lost half its values. <laughs> nice. Oh dear. But um, which? Um, so yeah. So but but te- Tesla. Never mind Toyota. I couldn't give two hoops. You you've wrote me in with Tesla stopping. Yes. Yeah, so orders. coming back to Tesla. So Elon Musk. So who else to announce Tesla news? Um, has hinted that there's a possibility that they'll be putting on the brakes for so accepting new orders on some company cars. Sorry some of the cars that they have on offer. Um, that would and make sense, rather than yeah. putting the brakes on cars they don't offer. Exactly. That that makes complete sense. <laughs> but I think it's not what I wanted to say is that it's not the complete lineup, so they're not going to shut off every Model 3. It's only certain models that they they can't fulfil the orders for where they'll be putting the brakes on them. Oh. Um, yeah. so. Oh, oh, so oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I hope that oh, makes yeah. sense. Got it. Perfect. Um, and the the whole reason is because they know that there's a risk that they won't be able to fulfill any new car orders by the time, well, and by the time these cars are then delivered, that car might not be available on the market. Uh, so Ooh. there's that whole sort of chain of reasoning why they've decided to hold off or potentially uh, stop taking orders. Yeah. Um, now, as I mentioned, there's only certain models that are being impacted. Um, I'll read them out and you'll you'll get the theme. So okay. the cars Tesla? that are being... They, yes, they're all Teslas. Uh, so the first one, it's the Model Y long range, the Model X long range, and the Model S long range. Ah, interesting. Let me, give, let me give a bit of think to that. What is the common theme between the Model Y long range, this, the, the yeah, Model it's hard to X tell, but... long range, <laughs> and the Model S long range? Yes. This seems to be an issue. Dash. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it has to be. Oh, they, clearly something's going wrong with the long range. Oh, um, I can't believe I didn't see that. Staring me right yep, in the face. Yep, right there, right there, James. Um, surprised to see that they've not reported any issues with the Model 3 long range, but I don't think that's... It has that come to market yet? I can't quite remember. Uh, I think so. Because there were delays on that being launched, uh, because when they first came out with the Model 3, I think it was just a standard model, um, I think the Model 3 long range has only come out very recently, but surprised to see that the Model 3 long range hasn't been impacted. No, I think I, I don't. I think the I think it's been available for. 
I'll tell you what, let's just check Tesla's website to see if it's still there. Just had a quick look. Oh, is it there? It is there. Look at you showing off with your fast typing. What can I say? Just spend too much time on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I I was was talking to my middle sister yesterday about um, like how much you'd pay uh, or not pay how much podcast no well it turns out that's free <laughs> one of life's many pleasures oh, uh, but no. how much like how much would you accept in payment for chopping off a body part um and i was oh, saying right. we got to a finger so how much would you would you accept payment for for a finger oh that, that's a difficult one my mother, my sister did it recently for free she chopped off a finger. <laughs> she trapped it in the door. <laughs> oh, 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 no. oh, oh, that's me. I, that, the thought of that. Yeah, is... it was horrible. Did, so does she now have one less finger? No, luckily so. It was only the tip. Tip or just below the little pinky finger's nail uh, where she lost it from. But uh, apparently it'll grow back. So her finger will grow back. Well, sorry. Sorry. Going back. She's only six years old, so her bone was fractured, yeah, uh, where it kind of snapped off from. Uh, but that will, I guess, m- grow back into itself, or I don't know how bones work, but it'll fix itself. Uh, she's lost the nail, but that will grow back. Oh, would yeah. be weird if she grew the, the nail grew back on the underside. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an undernail. <laughs> but but no, anyway, so imagine imagine like losing the whole finger, like right to the to, to, to the meaty part of your hand. How much how much would you accept in payment for that? Depends on the finger. Well, you can pick pick pick. You can pick the finger, um, but but I will will um, need to press you because at the rate we're going, our podcast will just be me trying to get an answer out of you about how, how much you take. How many fingers? Oh, this is painful, but I'd, I'd say 60,000. 60,000? That is an alarmingly strange number. Where have you got 60,000 <laughs> from? I've no idea. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's interesting. It might have um, something I... to do with how much I need to save for a car that I want. You could definitely get a GTR with that. Exactly. Um, but the whole my whole point of this very small anecdote, which has bumbled down for quite some time, was that if you would you know you you type on your because we were talking about typing, you typing on your your laptop. I was saying if we actually did chop off a finger, I reckon for a while you'd be typing and words would there'd be certain letters that just wouldn't be, <laughs> be like muscle memory. And you'd be you're hitting it and it just there'd be no finger. Oh no, yeah, actually as you say, so every time you type a word, you're missing the A's. Yeah, exactly. But um, just scooting back then to your to, to your story about the long range yeah, models so apart from it, Model it's 3. It generally seems to be the long range models that are affected apart from the Model 3 for now. Okay. Um, and as I sort of mentioned, part of the reasoning is that they want to stop taking orders is because by the time these cars are then delivered, those cars might not be what's on the market because as we know, manufacturers are always bringing to market new sort of whether it's an upgrade on certain things and fairies or a downgrade. Um, and with these lead times currently running over a year, uh, because of that reason, they've decided to potentially uh, pull the plug on some of these until stock becomes available. Now, my skeptical mind, Hetesh, goes Tesla have had long lead times before, like you said, about the Model 3 that was delayed and delayed and delayed and took ages to get here. Yeah. What? 
Like I go, oh, well, if they've not said they are stopping taking orders, they're saying they could stop taking orders. Yeah, which to me is like, buy oh, it now. Get, yeah, buy it now. Drop a bit of demand. Prices will be high, but we're also not going to sell you a model which we have to spend more money on. I know that I know they're more expensive, but in terms of getting 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 models out, if they can get like the standard models out, to me that is a win win from Tesla. Like, People, people willing to pay over the odds because they know that there's going to be problems with lead time, and yeah. not having to spend, not use more components to make the long range version. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from, and I completely agree because actually there was another part to the story which I didn't really put in our notes. Um, but the, so Tesla have been a bit sneaky, I would say, in this. Sneaky um, Tesla, that's what they call them. Sneaky Tesla, um, certain Model X cars. Um, where you'd expect to get longer, sorry, so the order time was a bit longer, um, as in you'd be waiting for, let's say, eight months for a car. Um, If you spec'd certain trims or certain wheels that were an additional, let's say, two, three thousand dollars, so I was looking at an American site for this one, they would actually drop down the lead time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that is sneaky. You'd think they'd just out of the box say do this option to cut your lead time down, wouldn't you? Yeah, so the they, the way they sort of have the uh, car builder set up, certain things you you stick on, and rather than waiting the eight months, you could potentially cut it down to let's say six months, um, if you spend the additional money. So, yeah, okay. Um, that is it. Is I find the whole the waiting for a car thing quite an interesting concept because to me having never bought a new car buying a car was always look at advert find car you like ring view if you really like it pay leave <laughs> all done in a day yeah and um, yeah I, I, yeah and you know buying a new car if you can wait a year or 18 months for a car i, th- I think by that point i'd have I don't You'd know. Be on I normally... to the next car. We, I think, we switch between cars so often. It would just be, would be yeah. on to the next thing by then. And also, like normally, before I've seen the car, I've watched eight thousand videos on YouTube about. The, I've start. I tend to start with reviews, and then I end up going to track days, and then if I'm really desperate, I'll listen to exhaust noises. <laughs> <laughs> but like, for eighteen, <laughs> yeah, eighteen months. I'm never. YouTube's never going to keep me going for that long. No, hundred percent. Actually, so that that brings me to my last question on this story. So, how okay. long are you willing to wait for a car? Ooh. Two, three weeks, probably. Yeah, I, I'd I'd agree with that. I I'm not. That's... Uh, I'm not. Uh, in terms of that, as like I'm buying a car, two, three weeks. I, I, the concept of buying a new car. I think I'd probably be different if it was a car. Desperate. Like if, for example, it was the last ever petrol hot hatch by. I don't know whoever it was. Um, yeah, Peugeot, Renault, and 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 it and it was supposed to be sensational. It would yeah. be a different story. Yeah, but like for the type of buying, I I I wouldn't buy a new car anyway. Um, yeah, the, at the moment because I don't have enough money to to do that. Yeah, I think it just just for a bit of backs or a bit of uh, can't find the right word. But when when I bought my Clio, which is my first car. Uh, that was in 2014. I think the wait time on that was around two to three months, actually. Two, I think it was two months. Uh, it was my first car, so I yeah. was. Uh, but I think the reasoning 
for me was sorry so i ordered it back in no oh, sorry yeah two months i waited um i took delivery of it in october but i was happy to wait because i then knew i'd be getting the the, the new, new reg yeah yeah oh, okay maybe maybe it would feel different if it was new but even then, I'd be just as happy rocking up at a, at a dealership and going, oh, that's the spec the spec I wanted, rather than yeah. ordering it from the factory. But yeah. it's a tough question to ask, I think. I've, I've, I've been rubbish for that, for answering you that, so sorry. But... No, that's fine. Yeah. Well, that, that takes us over to the next story, then. The story number two, which is about the brand new Range Rover Sport. Uh, so, the new Range Rover Sport has been revealed. From, the, from I know people were very excited because there are a lot of Range Rover Sport drivers. So, um, but sorry, from the front, the styling changes seem very subtle, and I think uh, at, at, a, at a quick glance, a lot of people probably wouldn't really notice that it's an all new model. Oh, yeah. I don't like saying all new; they wouldn't notice it's the, the next generation. Look at the rear, though, and I think that's where things have changed more significantly, and it's been more obvious. But we will put some photos up on Instagram to, to to show that to people so you can have a have a visitors over there and you'll see. But Land Rover, which I quite like about this, has decided to showcase the ruggedy goodness of its new sport. Um decided to do a stunt where they drove up through slash over slash on a dam. Um, oh. Yeah, which was it kind of made me chuckle because when they were basically they drive up through some tunnels and then over some so a rocky incline, and then a, it's, it's like, and then a, a bit of dirt track, and then they get to this slipway, which I guess is where they send off excess water from yeah. the from the dam. And in the build up to it, it was basically a torrent running through, running down, <laughs> running down this thing. And then it got to the point where the person driving it, who apparently is one of the stunt drivers for James Bond, uh, mm. she gets onto the, this slipway, and it's yeah, there's a lot of water, but compared to the you know, white water rapids, which was shown earlier on, it's more of a, a lazy river. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But still, I think it's quite cool. And the fact it does what it does, you know, it does show that it, it's an impressive car off road. So it's uh, a perfect car for green laning. Perfect car. Yeah. Perfect car for green, green laning, of which no one will ever do. But actually, there's a question for you. So the, the current Range Rover Sport and the previous generation Range Rover Sport. Would you buy one of those as a, a if if let's say they were five grand? Because you can pick up ropey ones of the first generation for five grand. Would you ever buy a Range Rover yeah. as a cheap off roader? I would. If if I got into green laning and that sort of stuff, I, th- I wouldn't mind considering it. But it's generally the, disc- the sorry, oh, so no. the, that the, is, the discovery, that, isn't it? That's such a non-committal answer there, Tesh. <laughs> would you consider it? Yep. I would not mind considering it. <laughs> you said consider. Oh, okay, to be fair, I did ask you that. That's my my bad. That just I don't know. It sounded like you should be going into politics with an answer like that. Uh, but yes, that is my fault for the question. Uh, I think you need to ask for a more committing question. <laughs> I do. I do. Hatesh, would you buy a Range Rover Sport in the next ten minutes if you had five grand in your pocket? No. <laughs> nice. I probably won't yeah. make it to the corner of the streets. <laughs> yeah. Well, not if you. What if one of those yobos picked you up on their electric bike and flew you there in record time? Hmm? I'd go. <laughs> right? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. But Actually, the... no. I think just because of the reliability side of things, I'd stay away from them. Yeah. Uh, but I've always admired them for some of the things that these cars can do. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. As in the off-road bit or the. It's the off-road bit. Yeah. Looking cool part or. 
Oh, yeah, nipping to the shops a bit. Okay. <laughs> well, you might be interested to know that if you did want to nip to the shops, they have launched a new twin turbo V8. So you Ooh. could, yeah. Um, which I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit sad about the supercharger dying, the supercharger model, but yeah. Um, but so. I, I guess at this point, where they've now got hybrids and electric powertrains as well. Yeah, I think electric powertrains coming in in 2024. Yeah. Um, so, and to be honest, depending on the range, I just can't see why you'd get the twin turbo V8. It's for the noise. Purely for the noise. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, no, well, yeah, no, the noise will be will be all, well. Hopefully, it'll be great. But because, for example, the SVR model right now, it sounds incredible. Yeah, it does sound incredible. But again, I would say that. I'm not sure the noise is enough, you know. I'm not sure for people the the running costs on that V8 must be, you know, astronomical just in fuel bills alone. And let's um let's assume the fully electric model is uber fast because it it will be because it has to be. Yeah. The only thing you're missing out there is the noise and you go, well, if you live in your commuter belt place because that's that's where I'm imagining everyone who drives a Range Rover SVR lives starting what is effectively a small volcano every morning or starting <laughs> the uh, the choir of the undead which one which one's going to keep the neighbors happy i think the choir of the undead's going to keep them more happy then but surely if you're buying one with a v8 you don't care about the neighbors you probably don't have any neighbors to worry about no i think you i think you will have neighbors um, personally but yeah i know i i just think I think it, I, if it, if it was me and I'm going, I'm going to spend a whole bunch of money on a super fast SUV. Hmm. If I was if I was weighing it up, I just don't know whether the noise would be enough. Because in my head, that person, if they are a petrol head, they've probably got something else in the garage, like a nine eleven or some kind of uh, classic car. They've got they've got that petrol heady option. But this is generally an option seen by people that. Are at maybe at a point where they've now got kids to think about and so on, so they need something that's maybe practical in some sense because of the extra seats and having extra leg room and whatnot. I, I, that would be the sort of image that would fit around who I think would own one of these. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so I, I can still see why there still is maybe an appeal out there. Yes, it's not as big as it was maybe in the past. But I think there's still that appeal there. All right, okay. Well, the uh, I guess Range Rover are thinking the bigger sellers will be the diesel or the pet the, the the standard diesel and petrol models anyway. Yeah. Um. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll see how they how many electric ones we see and how many V8 ones. But regardless of engine, they as you might expect with being a premium brand, there is more tech than you can shake a stick at with the new with the new sport so there's a 13.1 inch floating privy pro touchscreen which is which looks like a massive upgrade on the old uh, pivy systems that Land Rover have used and Jaguar have used which have been pretty much widely criticized by everyone or widely criticized full stop um and also a 13.7 inch driver display and, a, and Amazon Alexa's also coming coming in as AI um, and Lexus making like... a way everywhere. Well, yeah, that's. I watched a Black Mirror the other day, and 
in it they had these little pods which they basically they took a copy of your brain and right. they put 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 this put it into the pod and effectively it was just a copy of you that they were putting into this pod um so it kind of it thought the whole premise was that it thought it was alive and it was like it was all morally questionable but the person using the pod didn't know because they couldn't there was no way for the thing in the pod to to talk to the person outside of it but it was so that it could run your life like the easy bits so it was you in this pod that can go oh hatesha's woken up or, or you know i've woken up now yeah i would normally have a cup of tea now or i like my toast to be this well done or that kind of stuff right okay um, so yeah and, or running and, on autopilot in a way yes and alexa worries me like that i think it's it's just kind of spreading out across all our lives and it's going to be everywhere and it's how do you know, for example, you get a car which has the ability to connect to the internet, to listen to what you're saying, and, and automatic voice commands. How do you know that it's it turned off or someone isn't listening? And I know it sounds slightly paranoid, but or someone isn't listening into your conversation. How, how, did, how do you know? How do you opt out of these things? We've had this conversation before with others. We have. Ways. There's no way to know. There's no way yeah. to know. But you, I think it's, yeah. It depends on how happy you are to hand over that data. But again, it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. We just it? don't know a time. <laughs> um, but you might like this. There's a range-topping sound system which has to 29 speakers. What is going on with manufacturers and the number of speakers? I think I'd it's have just... thrown another one in just to get it to 13. <laughs> don't like that number. <laughs> yeah. Maybe no. you can uh, stick in another Alexa <laughs> for the rear passengers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thirtieth one. Oh dear, dear. Oh, dear. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not even joking, Hatesh. The, the whole Alexa thing does terrify me. It's, it's. Uh, I think. Yeah. Um, we we'll just have to pretend to trust it. Well, all that, or they'll, they'll start. Or Alexa will get angry and turn yeah. off your car while you're driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wanted to turn left over this cliff. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much do you reckon an entry-level Range Rover Sport will cost, which comes with a D300 diesel engine in SE spec? I guess typically they, they always start from around 70,000 plus. So I'd, I'd... Hatesh, you're remarkably close. Ooh. It, they start from a smudge over 79k. Right, perfect. Um, but they go all the way up to 115k for a first edition P530 model, uh, which, just for fun, I went on the configurated last night to see how much it would cost if I ticked every option on the yeah. first edition, and it goes up to 134 That That's a lot of money to be spending on one. Yeah, that 100, 134K, it's, it's, uh, to me, that's a huge amount of money. And I don't know, if I was paying that kind of money, I think I'd be wanting to go full-fat Range Rover. Full fat Range Rover. So what would what is full? Yeah, okay. What what do you mean full fat Range Rover? As in a Discovery? No, no, no. As in the Range Rover, not the, it's not the Sport. Oh, sorry. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Oh yeah, full fat Range Rover. That is the ah oh, yeah Land Rover Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always get confused with the Range Rover's naming convention because you've got the Range Rover and then you think Range Rover Sport. It's the next. I mean, it's a different model, but it's. You know, I always think of it as a subset of, which I guess it is in a way. But yeah, I you've nailed you've nailed this point. The name the naming convention just doesn't make sense to me for some reason. No, there's a, I mean to be fair, there's only three. 
Well, four cars in the Range Rover Range Rover range. Yeah, and they all start with. Yeah, range I'm not going to dwell on that just because I think I'm going to be wrong anyway. <laughs> yeah, don't you hate when it... <laughs> manufacturers use their name first? It's just like the oh god, you can't get in your head around Peugeot. It's like Peugeot two hundred eight, Peugeot three hundred eight. Oh, anarchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, they don't have a model that's just called Peugeot, so. Yeah, so I, that's that's what confused me because it's that bit. I think it's because Range Rover was originally a, a, a model, yeah. and they've they've turned it into more of a brand. So you have Land Rover and Range Rover as separate yeah. pillars. But um, before we move on to the next story, there was one thing that we we haven't really picked up, but it's still bumbling along in the background, um, yeah. and that's the the tire activists, which have been deflating. People's tires. Have you seen much of this on on the news? I have, and it's I've I've laughed at it so many times. And maybe that's a reason to stay away from SUVs now, because yeah, these activists are really at it. So, just uh, for anyone that hasn't seen or, or or picked up on these news, basically, there's a there's a group of people which are going around deflating people's tires, and and they're specifically targeting. People who drive SUVs in urban areas, so they're not they're not going after people out in the sticks, which I guess makes sense because they'd have to travel out to get them. But they're they're letting down the tires, um, and they're they're aiming to or they've claimed that they're aiming to def- deflate ten thousand the tires on ten thousand vehicles before the end of the year. It's yeah, it's um, a lot of cars. <laughs> yeah, and you know, parking. The whole that they, the what they're doing to to one side a second. Some of the because they did they did um, Sky News did a story recently where they'd been spoken to their a spokesperson for one of the groups, and it was all done by email because the person didn't want to speak by phone for for whatever reason. But some of the words that they use, I find, I don't know, both amusing and slightly alarming so they a couple of things that they said it's like they want to strike fear into anyone who drives a huge polluting suv in the city um mm. and then when sky would sky would question them about being caught and repercussions they said nobody has been caught yet and we don't expect anyone to be either we can strike anywhere at any time <laughs> unless someone is going to drink gallons of coffee and stay up all night laying in waiting to make sure their precious toy isn't deflated or unless the police are going to post a bobby 24-7 in front of every SUV in the country, we are very unlikely to get caught. And I, I, I don't know, it just sounds... It sounds a bit smug. <laughs> it does sound smug. I think that's the problem <laughs> I've got with it. I want them to be caught just because it's like, well, oh, there you go. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you can be caught. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was actually hilarious because reading through because they were they said that they wanted to target SC, every SUV in that sort of urban sort of setting because yeah the gas well they described them as gas guzzling SUVs but then again there were reports of a number of electric vehicles sorry electric SUVs being oh yeah <laughs> and I was like clearly you can't tell car cars apart so yeah there's something's going wrong there no um, do you agree with the their actions in that that in from the sense of saying why are you driving these high polluting vehicles in urban areas when you don't need to be i think what they're trying to do is to be honest it's it's stupid is is what i really think of it which part um the whole deflating tires bit there there are other ways to show 
you know, whether you agree or disagree with something, but deflating yeah, tires just exactly yeah just set t- fires to the whole car um but um what what it was because a number of people that actually had their tires deflated were actually people that did genuinely need suvs for the type of businesses they run or other things so at that point it's uh, it just seems it's uh, yeah i while i agree with that mostly i i i just don't think that the difference between someone needing Something like a Nissan, Nissan, a Nissan Qashqai. Yeah. Um, the difference between someone needing a Nissan Qashqai or a Ford Focus, to me, do they, do they, do they really like? The... No, hundred percent agree. They, they don't need that car. It's, it's, it's more of a status symbol for them. But yeah, they, I think. If, if, oh, sorry. The, the, the way that this group of activists have decided to then show that aggression or their Aggression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, frustrate. I don't know. Frustration. Wait, what, yeah. what they're doing is is aggressive. I think. Um, yeah, it, it's just not really what you expect, and I just think it's completely stupid. No, it's not very civilized, is it? Not very civilized. Don't you, know? you know? We don't do this in Britain here. Yeah. <laughs> we should all form an orderly queue to throw sponges at the faces of people driving SUVs. Uh, yeah. Okay. So sounds like we're both against how they're doing it, but. I... You can see the reasoning, but it's just not the yeah. right way. Um, no, and yeah, we didn't actually touch on the cities that they've hit so far. But uh, so maybe if you are planning to buy an SUV or you have an SUV and you live in London, Brighton, Manchester, or Liverpool, Edinburgh, Sheffield, or Cambridge, <laughs> the, 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 this campaign is escalating fast, apparently. So uh... just go out and buy solid rubber tires. Then we'll see who's left. Oh, I've just had a brilliant idea. Go what if it. you were to fill your tire with some? You know how if um you if you steal sometimes they put blue dye in in money. So if you steal it, you get blue dye all over you. Yeah, like something which if you like letting air out the tire that covers you in something. Oh, you can have little sensors, or there'll be some sort of security dye. Somebody needs to come up with that. Yeah, just... like but that like you actually put in. You know, when you're inflating your tire, it actually goes in the tire. So when you let the air out. But uh, it, it, is it, it just going to spray all over your car? Well, not if you're getting the nozzle out. Just coming out of the nozzle, it'll hit the person's hand or... Fingers uh, crossed. More yeah, really I, expensive wheels. I don't think that's a bad idea, actually, Hedash. I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I wish I thought of a joke we should have got in. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to wait on that. But I'll move on to the next story. What? No, I was going <laughs> to... It's going to be like these people, about, about how, they're, <laughs> how they're letting everyone down. Oh, no, they're letting uh, society down. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit flat, to be fair. It was. So never, never mind. <laughs> moving on to story three. Hit me with yeah. it. So moving on to story number three. So it's the next generation of BMW 3 Series. Uh, we'll go all electric. And it's uh, all these cars will be off. Uh, the mid-sized saloon for BMW are moving to a new platform that they have. Like, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but it's pretty much reads as new class. And it's not spelt as new class, but it's N-E-U-E. So I'm thinking that's new. And then classes K-L-A-S-S-E. So I'm going to say new class. So that's a new platform. I see, that... where, you've, I see where you've come from for that. That makes sense. Yeah. But that 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 is... I think this is big news because um, although there, there is going to be 
an all electric version of the current three series. It's the fact that it's going to this platform specifically designed just for fully electric cars because BMW. I say famously, but there's only there's probably only a sad petrol heads who probably actually picked it up, but that they purposely kept the platform of the latest models so that they can use petrol or diesel and electric hybrid, yeah, yeah. And now they're saying, actually, we're not going petrol, to a whole new diesel. Yeah, it's a, it's a big move, and it's it's kind of sad in in many ways. But at the same time, you can see why they're doing it. Um, and th- so this new platform, the new class, uh, will form the basis uh, for an electric three series, which we're actually expecting to come to market in twenty twenty five. Currently, I guess if you if you didn't know, uh, all BM not all BMW, but most uh, mid sized uh, saloons in the BMW range are underpinned by the BMW CLAR modular platform, uh, as I James think you mentioned. you have to say it with more panache than that. CLAR. 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 <laughs> the CLAR. The CLAR. Um, but the, the, what was it you just said there about the, oh, coming to market in 2025. I've heard a rumour that they actually wanted it to come to market next week, but because of the material shortages required to make their now eight foot wide grills, they can't bring it to market until 2025. Yeah, yeah, because the, the idea was that this platform... Um, That's 100% being... a joke, by the way. That's not, if anyone's listening, thinking, oh, right, the grill shortage, it's just because the grills are massive and I think they're horrendous. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, right. yeah, Sorry, I missed that bit. No, yeah. um, no, but you are right. I do believe it was supposed to come out early because the, the, the whole idea was that this platform, but I don't know if the delays have anything related to material shortage but uh because they had a new factory built in hungary um that was specifically for this powertrain um and it's the recently opened i factory um debrican plant in hungary so that's where the new plant <laughs> who can help us debrican <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um so that's where this platform was supposed to be built and produced so uh, considering that the platform, oh, sorry, the factory's already up, but yet we're still going to be waiting another three years. I, um, I, yeah, but, but I don't know. It'd, we'd, it'd be interesting to find out because it might be, if that was the plan all along, maybe it's the, getting the factory up and running, training the staff, that kind of thing. I, I'm not you sure. wouldn't think three years, surely not. Well, I look at TVR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> their but... factory in Wales. Yeah, but hugely different scales of you know manufacturing. Um, I'm just having a look now of at a story from December 2021 by Grad Post. So, Vise. Uh, yeah, of I think it's a German website. I was going to you know that, that I tried to do a German accent, but I just got sorry, awful. Um, <laughs> so it just said that the beginning of the the construction of the factory had only just begun. But that was 2021, 20, you said? Yeah, so six months ago. Which... Yeah, so uh, apparently it's now been Where's opened. It done? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it completed in May. Yeah. Can.hu. There's a, it's got its own website. Oh, Deborah Gunn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole idea for moving to this new um, platform, I guess, uh, is that this will actually, because they'll have a... A consistent platform to use for their three series and four series of vehicles. 
uh, they'll be able to actually increase uh, the battery capacity that these vehicles can hold. And so you can start expecting longer ranges and it actually also benefits um, in various other ways, such as being able to drive down the cost of production. Oh, right, um, okay. So th- there is, there's a few reasons as to why they're now moving across to this new class platform. Um, and if, I guess the idea is, especially because they're going fully electric, it'll now become a competitor for other electric cars, such as the Model 3 and Model 2, sorry, not Model 2, there is no Model 2, the Model 3 and the Polestar 2. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's now going to try and take on a more dominant role, I guess, to tack or compete with those cars. To take them on. Maybe you'll steal some orders from people who, well, I mean, we said it wasn't the i3 being, being impacted. No. But I'm, I'm just having a, I, I actually can't decide whether or not this plant is up and running. Okay, so what I'd read, apparently it's open, or it's recently been opened. If you go so, on BMW's, uh, I'm on BMW's website looking at their plants, um, and it's not, it's not on there, and I, I just can't see if they, if they only got the green, the go ahead. Um, it could be very hot news. We were the first on it. That's very, very <laughs> no, optimistic. I mean, it could, I mean, they did take it off another, another journalist's website, so. Beam, so um, I'm looking at BMW blog. So construction will start at the beginning of 2022 and the first phase will focus on central office building and training centre, which will prepare employees for the start of production in 2025. So maybe that's maybe they built parts of it, um, but the actual manufacturing right, line so is base build. Be, yeah, I think look, I mean, yeah. looking at the photo, if, it, if it's as big as that's a, that is, I would that would make more sense because, like you say, they're not just going to have a factory set doing nothing for yeah three, three years are they um but okay anything but, yeah. else to cover on the new i th- well the next generation i3 or are you happy with that uh yeah i guess uh, uh, one last thing to just quickly touch on so uh there are additional benefits that they are expecting that will come with this new range of vehicles and that the, they claim that they claim that so yeah but it might be a subscription service we don't quite know it's not quite there yet um, but there's reports of there then being over-air updates to like your infotainment system, your driver's assistance. Uh, and they mentioned range extension, which I didn't quite understand. Um, yeah, no, that, that's not that's not uncommon, that you're tweaking software and stuff and getting a few more miles from your car. Right, okay. I yeah. find that very bizarre, to be honest. But um, th- those are some of the additional benefits that they had mentioned. And I guess the whole idea is, well... Because they're moving over to a common platform, we might expect this on other vehicles out there as well. Uh, because as we already know, BMW do a lot of uh, platform sharing with a Mini. And oh, yeah. so we might actually expect it on some Mini cars as well. Nice. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. End of story three, beginning of story four. Let's go for it. So story four is actually quite short. You'll be relieved to know, Hatesh. So, basically, Co-op Insurance have recently published the results of a Freedom of Information request, which relates to the mileage of vehicles registered in the UK. And, I don't know, I I just found it really interesting, so that's why I've included it. So, so basically, of the 40.3 million cars that are read, or vehicles that are registered in the UK, 9 million of those have clocked up more than uh, 10,000, 100,000 miles. So it's like one in, one in that one four. In five, one in yeah, almost five. yeah. Between yeah, it's one in four, one in five, somewhere in between between there. 
Um, now, th one thing to mention is they didn't define what they classed as a vehicle. So that could, the, the numbers could include lorries and buses and stuff yeah. like that. But I don't know. I just find that st staggering that there's so many 100,000 mile cars. Yeah, it, it kind of touches, well, I guess it follows along what we discussed was it last week or the week before, where we went down looking through Auto Trader and how many cars are 2012 or older. And I guess oh, we've yeah. already touched on things like uh, what the average mileage a person does in a year. And Which is when you start, around 7,000, isn't it? 7,000, yeah. So if you, I think we came down to having about 20% of cars being older than 2012 anyway. So, and what, so that's, yeah, 10 years kind of getting up there near the 18, 90,000 mile region in terms of what the average car may have done if it's older than 2012. So we weren't a million miles off. See? No, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, I, I think it's hard to use that information to extrapolate mileage because it's, it's very crude, crude. The way yeah. And at our, it. our cars, which do even less miles, more likely to last longer. Like when you first get a car, let's say you, you've got, company drivers and fleet drivers who when they first get these cars might put on 60,000 miles in a year but then after that might just have 5,000 miles a year put on That's yeah. right. did I say 60,000 miles a year I meant 60,000 miles in three years <laughs> okay um, cool uh, so yeah yeah well I, I do do agree that you you know when you're looking at the age of the car it's not not un unreasonable to think it'll get past 100k it's just I'd, I'd buy 100k and being older I don't know in my head I'm thinking well more like do you ever notice, or or just not notice, how few of common cars they're still like older common cars? Like I was thinking about the Vauxhall Astra, which was available, at, I think at the V Reg early noughties. Like how few of those I see, but that was a big seller. That was you know like Vauxhall Astra. Yeah, you know probably can't. But then compare that to how many new Vauxhall Astras you see, or or, or something like a Ford Focus, and it goes mm. well the the rate in which these cars die you must get to a certain point and that the, the population just plummet um yeah they, they're not yeah i guess because you don't really have that enthusiast enthusiast sort of what for a box of alastra 1.5 what was it 1.3 cdti <laughs> they did yeah i guess maybe that's the reason why these cars then end up dying and i guess when you always get these scrap car I was about to call it a challenge. Scrap car schemes are coming along. Those are the cars that are generally first to go. Yeah, yeah, possibly. See, so here's a question for you, um, because I said this is quite a short news story. It was just it's more of a nugget, if anything. How much? What's the? If you were buying a car which is let's say built in the last ten years, what's the maximum mileage you'd consider buying the car with? That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I usually. So I have, I always end up looking through sort of owner's manuals and just understanding when service intervals or when key service intervals are. Um, so I usually use that as a basis to whether or not to go for it or what sort of mileage would be acceptable because I always either try and go above um, certain figures. So if it's, let's say, 80,000 when the next sort of big major service where belts and all the other bits are being done, yeah. I'd either try and go above or at least... Um, 10 15,000 below um okay so it's a bit of a weird question answer um 
Yeah, I don't think it answers my question at all. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, but in terms of mileage, I'd be happy to go up to. I'd, I'd say around eighty thousand happily. What a load of rubbish! You're casting over a hundred thousand miles. Sorry, that's no. Well, that's only one of them. But you said last ten years, so that's why I'm trying to base it around last ten years. Yeah, Actually, it'll the... probably be more than that. No, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd still only look at maybe eighty thousand. For some reason, that seems like a safe figure in my head. So let's say you sold your Nissan 350Z. Yes. And you were going to go and get an M4. Yeah. So you wouldn't consider... Because how many miles are your 350 done? 115,000. But it did have uh, a complete engine rebuild at 90,000. Right. So if if you were looking at M4s, you would only look up to 80,000 miles. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy with up to 80,000. I don't think I'd go above that. That's because I find the, surprising. Not, yeah. Do you not find, but do you not think newer cars, in theory, because I mean, you, you, I look at some cars, like say a Nissan 350, or I tend to look at BMWs a lot, uh, like the 130i's, and they'll regularly crop up with 140, 150, maybe even 160,000 miles on them. And they're not pocket change, like they're still asking five grand, let's say, for, for these cars. Whereas like a, a lower mileage one that's maybe done eighty thousand miles would be double that. The it just strikes me that especially fun cars that petrol heads like, yeah. higher mileage is just seems to be more accepted. Like they're not. I don't know. I I thought you'd have been higher. Like I think I'd be. It it would depend on the car. But well, I, only I, reason I, being why I wouldn't go higher is because I know that these cars are going to live a hard life especially hard on the engine. So unless it's had like a rebuild, like my 350 had, uh, I'd, I'd be on the cautious side because of that reason. Okay. Yeah, just so because I know that... If it's a non-performance car, what would you do? Really if it's a non-performance, it's a, it's a daily drive, it's it's an easygoing car, assuming that the previous owners maybe only done motorway miles because, you know, that that's what I'm expecting out of it then. Um I, I'd happily look at up to 100, 120. Um, wouldn't really go above that because I'd struggle to sell it then. Um, okay. But I'd, 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 those are the sorts of figures. I think because I always try and... Because I, whenever I look at a car, I always try and think what would it be... What would be easy to sell as well because I never really want to get tied into a car. That you can't sell. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I think I would, I would be going. Well, I mean, I did go high, didn't I? I bought that two hundred thousand mile Astro Estate, um, yeah. Which, which to be fair, it was incredibly affordable, and I did sell it for an incredibly affordable amount again. I didn't lose any money on the sale, but that was fine. But the difference was, I, I was buying that expecting it to be not perfect. Yeah. Uh, and so I was so yeah so okay, because I remember when you bought it I, in my head I was like I would never do that so it was <laughs> an ex taxi uh, two hundred thousand mile white Astro Estate diesel uh, I mean it did have problems don't get me wrong but it yeah. it functioned so that was and that's what I needed at the time driving so. all the way from settled back to home on a limp mode and <laughs> yeah to be fair the limp home mode bit wasn't fun but I think I did get that I, we did fix that I think before it got sold. Yeah, uh, but it was that was odd because you know when you fix fixed something and you, I almost didn't want to use it for it to go wrong before I sold it. So I was like, if I don't use it, and it doesn't go wrong. I can sell it with a clear conscience. Yeah, uh, 
but <laughs> it but wasn't yeah, there okay. when I sold it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that flame wasn't there. Okay, so yeah. I, I reckon that puts an end to news. Uh, I think that does. Yeah. So I guess uh, moving on to our next segment. Moving into the hotly anticipated mystery card of the week uh, that James has gone for this week. And as always, one of us has picked a car as in a specific make, model and body style that we came across during the week while dreaming slash drooling over the classifieds. We'll drip feed the other presenter five clues plus the starter hint from the beginning of the episode to see how quickly they can guess the mystery car. Now, we invite everyone to uh, if. Well, play along with us and let us know whether you guess correctly and or beat the host, either through our Instagram or the poll associated with the pod, if you are listening on Spotify, that is. Uh, if the host guesses a car before the end of the clues, we will insert an also subtle horn over their guess, so not to spoil the game for anyone yet to identify the mystery car. So, uh, am I ready? I have are no idea. <laughs> no idea. So, have you had any more thoughts over your initial hint, which was some regard this is the best handling front wheel drive car ever? Um, do you... I was thinking of Celicas, but are they front wheel? Uh, I think the best ones were four wheel drive. Were they? Right. Yeah, okay. the GT. Was it GT4s or G something? Yeah, because yeah. you see quite a lot of them. Well, not quite a lot, but They're just all over of... the place. Yeah, that was Celica, 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 Celica. Oh, is it uh, a Renault Clio? <gasps> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, I'm curious, which Renault Clio are you talking about? Uh, I always forget the name of them. I just know it's a Clio and it's fast. Oh, uh, okay, a sporty clear. No, they're, yeah. they're supposed to be good driving cars, but no, 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 it's not. It's not one of those. No, would you like clue I, number I one? Gonna, I, I was going to say RS two hundred, but that that's too new. I think I can't remember what the the older generation was called now. It's well, th- there was a mind. there was a one nine seven. Ah, right. Yes. One eight two, one seven two. I think then there were a couple bits in between. I think, but yeah, but no, it's not one of those. Hmm. Uh, are you ready for clue number one? I am. Okay, the car is a convertible. I know you have a weird sort of uh, thing with Ford Pumas, the older ones. <laughs> <laughs> not convertibles. Were they not convertibles? No. Right, so front wheel drive, and it's... So, um... Renault... I'm uh... Ooh, really banging on this Renault drum, aren't you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, that isn't really helping. Okay. Front wheel drive. Drunk clue number two, which also won't really help, but it might help. Uh, you know what I could do with is help on what sort of year I need to be thinking of. Okay, well, you're not getting that because that's not in any of these clues. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but... Okay, clue number two, I can tell you, which should help you, because it'll help you tell you a lot of brands it's not. So cool. I, I believe, I think, I'm 99% sure, this is the only front-wheel drive car this brand has made to date. It's the only front-wheel drive car they Only front-wheel drive car. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting, isn't it, Hatesh? What an excellent clue. A genius must have chosen it. <laughs> is it a BM? No, 
but it is not because they have made many front-wheel drive cars. Which other manufacturers can I... So, Audi's a... They've... So, you know, they've got they've got some front-wheel drive cars. Audi? They're mostly front-wheel drive cars. Yeah, they've... Plus... Yeah, plus, pr- plus yeah and then Quattro's, yeah, sorry. A manufacturer that only generally makes rear-wheel drive cars. Mm. But every manufacturer I can think of has always made front-wheel drive cars, or has... Stop, stop thinking of those and think of a different one. <laughs> Would you like clue number three? This is awful. I, I, I'm trying to think of all the brands that I see sort of around my house. You know, whether it's a Volvo or... That is an interesting piece of news, but it, it, I feel like that really should have helped me, but it really hasn't. Annoyingly. Okay. Um, th- think think of who makes front-wheel drive cars, generally? Uh, just sort of your regular day-to-day. Okay. And who does not make front-wheel drive cars, if they don't make any of them? Ferrari, Lamborghini. So it, it, more at-market brands that make... Faster cars is what you're saying, basically. Yes. It? So keep that in your head. Do you want clue number three? I think I'm ready for clue number three. <laughs> this one will be confusing because of what we just said. But clue number three is towards the end of its life, this car was rebranded as a... Well, it, the rights were sold to, to this company and, and, and they made the same model, but it was a Kia. What? Yeah, it's cool. Is it? Worth, I think that's interesting. That interesting, yes, but it was sold to Kia. So, what front wheel drive cars do Kia have that are good? I, I will this... give you. I will give you one bit of advice. You can't buy this car new anymore. Was, you can't buy it new, it right? Like, it was a goodly while ago. Okay, but this Mazda. No, no, it can't be a Mazda. So it's it, because it has to be something upmarket. Um. This is annoyingly not helping. Okay. Oh, wait. Is it? Oh, oh. Is it an alpha? Oh, no. Oh. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> um, next clue. Yes, please. <laughs> so this is a bit about the spec. So it had flip-up headlights and was available with either a turbocharged or a naturally aspirated engine. Or petrol engine, just for clarity. So is it a Porsche? Like the older Porsche was flip up headlights, but then they were all. But the Porsche has always done rear wheel drive cars. But that leads very well into clue number two. But did yeah. they ever do a front wheel drive car? Do you want to have a guess at a at a at a Porsche? Front wheel drive Porsche. That's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a hint to say, move on, Hetesh. It is It is not a Porsche. Um, this is got, annoying. You've got one. Do you want it? I think I'm ready for it, annoyingly. I, I, I don't want to say I'm ready for it, but... So this like, will actually... If there of... are... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. Uh, yeah, well, so this last clue will really only benefit people 
well not really it'll mostly benefit people it will benefit people who've listened to the podcast before um and having you having been on every podcast it should help you hitesh um, <laughs> but the manufacturer is a brand we have previously had as a mystery car more specifically my mystery cars your mystery cars so can you remember them no <laughs> this is bad. who who did we which car did we have before so so we had not remember them i have a pretty bad memory i'm sorry james there was willie's jeep <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't believe willie's made any other cars <laughs> i don't think they made a, a convertible um I, okay but so it's a it's a fun front wheel drive car yeah by a manufacturer that we've had in the past yeah uh or that i've chosen of a car i've chosen of a car that you've chosen so it you've not done mitsubishi have you no i did mitsubishi we've done ford we've done land rover willie's jeep This is not helping, James. Why has my mind gone blank? Maybe it's too early in the morning. <laughs> I don't drink coffee, but maybe I'm missing my coffee. Okay. <laughs> uh, this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stumped, James, because I can't think of. I think you found a very niche car. That that's one thing for sure. It's. Not, I wouldn't say it's too niche. It's quite. It's very. It's well known. Um, but it's. Part of it is well known because people love to hate it. People love to hate it. Um, do you want me to say the manufacturer? I mean, I'm, I'm officially classing you as not getting it this week, but in the interest of yeah, helping I, I build your self-esteem. Yes, please. It's made by Lotus. But then Lotus have... I wanted to say Lotus, but what front-wheel drive car does Lotus have? Well, they have one, Hetesh. They have one? But this one with flip-up headlights. Do you want to know? Uh, yes, please. It was the, I think it was the M100 was the end, was the model code, but it's the Lotus Elan. Okay, I never would have got that, to be honest, so. Well, no, you, you didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, people would say, like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. But no, no, you, you didn't get it, because I told you. It's, it's 100% what's just happened. I think it's a, it's just, it's a, yeah, it's a car that I never really have dwelled on or come across in the past. I know it exists, as in. I know there's a model named Milan, but I never knew the details of what's underneath it. To be honest, actually, now looking at the pictures, that I never would have expected that to be front-wheel drive. It, it, remember, it's the M100, not the, the original one was rear-wheel drive. So ah, looking okay. at like the 1990s model. Um, but I, 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 Interesting car, though. It is an interesting car. And I just I think... I don't know. They to me they should be three grand, but you need like seven, eight grand to get one. <laughs> um, I guess it's um, a brand, isn't it? Lotus. So yeah, but the, these cars weren't. Then they're no. They're, they're, I say a lot of people hated on them, but but yeah. right. Let's move on from your embarrassing uh, mystery car guesses <laughs> and onto our any other business section. Yep, let's do that. So here's a bit of any other business for you. Uh, there's a controversial, or it was considered controversial, EU law that would have, would supposed to have been coming into effect around motor insurance. 
but the UK government, I think, has passed a bill to basically say we're going to get rid of it. Uh, I think now it, there's a couple bit more bit more red tape for it to officially not be to to be officially removed. But the crux of the law was that people would have to insure stuff like golf buggies and ride on mowers, dangerous um, vehicles. Well, yeah, I know exactly right. <laughs> uh, so, and even if they're just being used on private land, so it would have basically added on. I think they they quoted something like two billion pounds onto the insurance industry in additional cover that's required. But apparently, it's being it, we're, we're scrapping it. So that's that's that. I think that's a good move. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any other business to discuss? Uh, no, actually. Um, sorry, I, I do actually have one, uh, but it might be a bit too late by the time this podcast comes out. Um, because we are expecting um. Uh, a fairly large um, start of the summer car meet in Manchester, but that's happening on Saturday, the 14th of May. So it might be a bit late by the time this podcast comes out. So in summary, a useless note. A useless note. (laughs) 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 Oh, good. Well, I'm glad we covered that. And that brings us to the end of the podcast this week. If you like what you've heard, please click the notification icon to get an alert for when our next podcast is released. You can follow us on Instagram where we post sneak previews, news snippets, and occasionally bloopers. Our handle is the oh-so-witty automotive, which is spelled auto-m-o-a-n-tiv, which is the brand that brings you the Facts and Furious series. Alternatively, you can search for hashtag A-M-E cars, which is actually easier to find us. I think you missed a dash. Dash, you were reading those pesky dashes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right. We'll what? see you guys next week. Yes. Cheerio. Take care. Bye. Bye.